Hi there, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of If You Don't Know, Now You Know, a Moat Museum podcast talking about different topics. The last episode was on Shirley Chisholm, and you can find that if you scroll down in the feed. My name's Irene, intern for education and outreach, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about slavery, specifically the Emancipation Proclamation and the 13th Amendment. When many people think about the first step to ending slavery, we think about the Emancipation Proclamation. However, it didn't really end slavery at all. So what did it do and how did we get to that point? When the Civil War started, Abraham Lincoln was not determined to outlaw slavery. He was focused on ending the war and reuniting the Union. If that meant holding on to the institution of slavery, then that's how he would do it. In fact, for most of his political career, Lincoln was known for being anti-slavery rather than pro-abolition. Again, you know, what does that mean and what's the difference? Well, going back a little further to 1820, the Missouri Compromise, passed under President Monroe, admitted Maine to the Union as a free state and Missouri as a slave state with a provision that slavery would be prohibited in territories above the 36 degrees 30th line of latitude. However, this was later repealed by President Pierce under the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which mandated that territories would use popular sovereignty to decide the laws regarding slavery. During this time of expansion, the question was always regarding the status of slavery. Yet more and more people were growing against it. However, these sentiments existed on a spectrum. There were some who believed that slavery should be outlawed and abolished everywhere in the Union. These were the abolitionists. Others, like Lincoln, believed that slavery was wrong, but they thought it should be up to the people of the state or territory to decide if it would be allowed. These were those who were anti-slavery. And even within these groups, there was debate on how exactly to get rid of slavery and what sacrifices could be made to do this. Does Congress itself debated slavery and... um, So, as Congress itself debated over slavery, tensions continued to intensify, eventually leading to secession, the formation of the Confederacy, and the Civil War. As I mentioned earlier, Lincoln's goal wasn't always to get rid of slavery. He just wanted the, he just wanted to reunite the Union. As the war evolved, so did his views. Over time, Lincoln shifted from being anti-slavery to being an abolitionist. At the time, the war had been going in favor of the Confederacy, and France had invaded Mexico under the leadership of Napoleon III. France had also been trying to convince Britain to join them in officially recognizing the Confederacy. Across the pond, while the British textile industry was reliant on cotton imports from the South, the country as a whole was reliant on food imports from the Union, which it couldn't risk. Also, Britain had about a year's worth of cotton supplies and storage that it could rely on, so they ended up rejecting the French and their offer of Confederate support. Lincoln, still wanting to be sure that the Europeans would not intervene, decided to release the Emancipation Proclamation after the next win. Now, it was given after the Battle of Antietam, which was the bloodiest battle of the war, 
and technically ended in a draw, although General Robert E. Lee was not able to invade Maryland as he originally planned with this battle. So the win, uh, with this win, the Emancipation Proclamation now carried the necessary weight it needed to be received with domestic and international acceptance. Once issued, the proclamation, which was to be enforced by the military, did free some enslaved people, but there's a kicker. It only freed the enslaved persons in certain parts of the rebelling states. It did not outlaw slavery itself and did not really touch on the subject of slaves in the northern states, which there were not many of, but there were some. Now, despite these exceptions, it still helped to lay the foundation of constitutionally outlawing slavery through the 13th Amendment. Yet again, there's another kicker. So the 13th Amendment does outlaw slavery and involuntary servitude, except as a crime for those who have been, excuse me. Yet again, there was another kicker. The 13th Amendment does outlaw slavery and involuntary servitude, except as punishment of a crime for those who have been duly convicted. In the post-Civil War Reconstruction era, Jim Crow laws and uh, policies were created that made it especially easy for white police officers to target and arrest black men and women. In these years the, uh, since this era, the prison population continued to increase dramatically. Today, the U.S. has about 4% of the world's total population and 25% of incarcerated people. For those incarcerated, the average wage for regular jobs among the states and federal prisons is about $1.41, with some states leaving most regular jobs in prison unpaid. Now, this continues to be a controversial topic as prison reform is discussed in the state and congressional legislative sessions because it is constitutionally allowed in the 13th Amendment. So, if you didn't know, now you know. Slavery with the Emancipation Proclamation and the 13th Amendment. While this was just a brief run-through, you can check out the National Archives, the National Park Service, Library of Congress, the United States Office of the Historian, the Prison Policy Initiative, and 13th, which is a Netflix documentary. And remember, if there are any topics you'd like to learn or hear more about, DM us on social media or send us an email at info at moatmuseum.org. See y'all next time.